0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Tilt podcast. Here are your hosts, Keaton Denley and Nate Hamilton. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. I am your host Keaton Denley, joined as always by my favorite analyst Nate Hamilton. How are you doing tonight, Nate? Oh my God, what is going on?
1: Is this is it 2019 all over again? I
0: don't know what what year is it. I feel, I feel like that Robin Williams meme or the uh, the old lady from the Titanic. It's been yeah. 84 years.
1: You know what I feel like? I feel like uh, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> that's that's what's how it sums it up for me. That's uh, all right. Nobody
0: can nobody can see your hands. We don't even care if you have pants on. Fantastic. But we we are back at it. Uh, Keaton and Nate talking redraft fantasy football. Uh, if you guys are new to the new to the podcast um, or you've were listeners from before, we've taken a few seasons off here. It's been a crazy couple years. I know not only for us, but I'm sure for the listeners as well. Um, but we're excited to get back into it. Talking some redraft fantasy football advice. We'll give you guys some of our takes, some of our tilts, and uh, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But Nate, everybody wants to know what have you been up to for the last couple of years?
1: I mean, you keep saying couple, but it's uh it's been three years, buddy. Three years. <laughs> it's been three. So uh yeah. Um yeah, I, I I've been lost without you, bud. And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna give too much away because it may be part of my tilt. So I might go in that direction uh when we get to the tilts. But um yeah, man, I mean I I wrote. I've written and produced content for many different sites, as I as I always do. I like to move around a bunch, but most recently, the last couple months, I finally have a full time industry job with Gambling.com.
0: Congratulations, man! What what are you doing for Gambling.com?
1: Thank you. So I'm actually I'm an editor there, and I um, edit a whole bunch of stuff. But I also um, do my own content as well there, because m- my boss knows that I'm a content creator first. Uh And he, you know, knew my presence on Twitter and stuff already. So, you know, once I got my my bearings with my editing job, you know, I started writing and editing my own stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of everything, but I'm really excited, man.
0: That That's great. Now, now, the attorney in me wants to say that this podcast is not gonna be giving gambling advice and gambling.com is not a sponsor. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's fine.
0: All, all good. <laughs> That's great. I, I do have a confession to make before we get into the football stuff, Nate. All right. Um, you know, during COVID and the lockdowns and everything, um, some of us were looking for things, things to do. Uh, you know, football season, the off-season stuff. And um I did something I, I, I regret a little bit. Oh I've really? gotten into a round ball sport. No. And I play golf now.
1: Get out of here.
0: Yeah. I've got, I've got a full bag of the golf bats and everything. Like the, I am, I am all the way in on a round ball sport. Do you so hit it from
1: the pitch? Are you on like, how does that work?
0: Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, there's a pitch. Um, and then you hit it from the pitch onto the court, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you want to get it into the gutter at the end.
1: In the gutter. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, at, least I, that's, I, at least that's where my ball goes is in the gutter to, at the end.
1: Do you want to avoid the nets or is that, is it okay to hit the net?
0: I, you know i I'm not sure yet I hit them a lot okay. right. the nets well, on the, on the sides of the driving range
1: right you'll have to do some research on this round ball sport <laughs> and, and get back to me on it but congratulations I'm happy for you
0: yeah i heard I heard big numbers are pretty good right in sports you <laughs> want to score as many as many points as you can that's awesome <laughs> enough of the round ball sports let's get into what we do here NFL, fantasy football specifically redraft coverage and we're going to do some some quick hitting stories here real quick just some things that have been happening in the nfl preseason and the first one and perhaps the the biggest story that came out just recently brian robinson um it there were sort of two news stories here because he he was the lead back in washington uh, for the commanders there wasn't even in washington commanders last time we filmed this podcast but right. <laughs> he, he was gonna be—he was gonna be their lead running back. Everybody was stoked. I'm sure people went out and made trades for him, or or picked him up based on that news. And then he was a, a victim of an attempted robbery. He's been shot. Um, he has survived, uh, thankfully. Um, but he's going to be uh, have some a recovery period here. Nate, what do fancy players do with this news?
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty tough. You know, he—I believe he was shot twice and it was a little misleading because i read blurbs from nbc and it, it, the way they worded it, it it made it seem as if he was the robber who got shot right. so i had to click on the story and, and read into it but i mean no doubt this is a big blow to the washington commanders um who knows how long he'll be out with his recovery uh everything apparently has gone well with surgery um but I mean, this is this is a big curveball for a, a team that's going into this season with a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. But uh, Antonio Gibson in the fantasy world has been faded, but now he's he's got an opportunity here to to produce some fantasy numbers. So I think that's that's where we're going to have to lean.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I sort of prepared for this podcast and then had to do it twice because I, I wanted to tell people to pump the brakes on. Brian Robinson, the fantasy football asset, right? Having nothing right. to do with the, the cool. off-field stuff or this injury or anything else. But the story was he's their starter. He's going to be the guy. He's going to get all the workload. I don't think we've seen anything from Washington in the last couple of years that suggests that they're going to give one guy the workload, right? Correct. And Antonio Gibson was supposed to be that guy, and they were giving it to J.D. McKissick all too, all too often. So right. I, just, I just didn't feel that – you know, it's just, let's say Brian Robinson gets all the workload the, between the tackles. He gets 12, 15 carries a game. Is is that what we're going to be excited about for a team? It's probably not going to be all that good. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, he's 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 not a proven back in a terrible offense. So that's a little scary, right? I mean, if they they find their, themselves down, they're not going to be pounding the, you know, they're not going to be running the ball, you know, pounding it up the middle, as we used to say. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a tragic, uh, situation and, um, you know, the commanders didn't need any more bad news. And unfortunately this is what came up.
0: All right. So we we'll, um, and, and, best recovery, best wishes to Brian Robinson as he, as he makes his recovery. Hopefully we see him back soon. Um, but we're gonna move on, try to keep these a little bit quick here. Uh, Kenyon Drake cut by the Raiders and very quickly signed by the Ravens. How are we reacting to this one?
1: I mean, you know, I've always been a Kenny Drake fan, right? As always, as I've always said, you know, we, yeah, you and I have always pounded the drum for Kenny Drake. Like if he just had the opportunity and he has shown when he gets the carries and he gets the volume, he's a fantasy football producer. And there's, there's no doubt about it. He's coming toward the end of his career. I think for Mm -hmm. at least from a fantasy football standpoint of, uh, you know, interest for that. However, the biggest thing is, this is going to kill J.K. Dobbins' truthers, right? They're not happy. They they want Dobbins. They're waiting for him to, to take off and be the guy, which he still has a chance to do that, obviously. Kenyon Drake doesn't pose a, a, a tremendous threat, but I think it, it hurts more than it helps Dobbins. And the fact is, um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he's questionable already for week one. Um, because he's dealing with his ACL tear, tear that he had last season. So all in all, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be targeting Kenyon Drake in, in many drafts. Uh, but if he falls to double-digit rounds, I mean, I might take a take a flyer on him just because you never know with an ACL injury how J.K. Dobbins going to respond to that once he does get back on the field.
0: That's right. And it's not just J.K. Dobbins, right? We had Gus Edwards with the uh, coming back He's from injury, Justice yep. Hill coming back from an injury. So we could see a scenario where this is Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake. Yeah. And if you get that for even a week or two, I mean, Kenyon Drake becomes a huge waiver wire ad if he isn't a, a late-round flyer. Um, and I think that's the role he needs to take for the rest of his NFL career, right? He kind of needs to be a role guy. It's, it should be an offense that will run the ball well. Um, we'll see if he gets any rec- receiving work for the Ravens, but, um, there, there's an opportunity there and I'm, and I'm not bummed that with the landing spot to say the least. I, I completely agree. We have another player who was trying to make a comeback in his career post injury and, and it's Marlon Mack, uh, after his, uh, Achilles tear. Um, it's been a little while now, a little bit removed from that, but he just hasn't quite caught on yet. And he's actually been cut by the Texans. Um, Maybe this isn't relevant as far as Marlon Mack news, but uh, w- what do you think the impact is going to be for fantasy owners?
1: Well, I think it's a little surprising because their their fantasy assets are a little barren to begin with. And I know Damian Pierce, he's he's the hot topic right now w- in the fantasy industry. Everybody's loving Damian Pierce. You know, he's had a nice uh, preseason, so we've seen some glimpses glimpses of how amazing he can be. However, I think what's going to happen due to this Marlon Mack news, which really he wasn't going to lean into too much Damian Pierce uh, work to begin with, but what this is going to do is just skyrocket Damian Pierce in ADP. And he's going to become too rich for my blood. Um, You know, Rex Burkhead led that backfield last year with a whopping 427 rush yards, 613 total yards Um, but i understand pierce is better than burkhead but this team is just so god-awful and they're the favorite to be the worst team in the nfl this season um you know if we're talking odds which we're not going to (laughs) but you know the truth is the houston texans are you know the bottom of the barrel in the nfl as far as what's expected out of that team this year so i'm personally not going to reach for a guy like Damian Pierce in an offense where I just don't see much success there. So I'm gonna pass on him.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I will too. I think the excitement's getting too high on, on Damian Pierce. I, I worry a little bit and it brings me back to to years past and players like uh, like Royce Freeman, uh the yeah. running back drafted by the by the Broncos, right? He got drafted there and people were excited because he he was he was good in college. He's drafted to a team that needs a running back. They they've got to get somebody in there, but it's a bad team and if, if the blocking's not there if it's if it's just not going to line up right for him it makes me a little bit nervous i understand people are seeing them you know make plays and they're they're getting excited about it but i, I hopefully that hype doesn't get too too far out of, out of control here and we can still get a value on them well, if that's the case then i'm in
1: I, and i think one thing people forget to tend to forget in preseason games even when you see the starters on the field it's not every starter on the field. So you are still not facing the best of the best in in those scenarios. So you can't really take too much away from a preseason, Um, especially again, we're we're talking about the Houston Texans and uh, I'm probably gonna avoid everybody in that offense.
0: I'm gonna get in on some Brandon Cooks. I'm a sucker for Brandon Cooks. I I think that if there's anything that he can do, it's get a thousand yards with a new quarterback. I mean, that's just what he does. Very um,
1: consistent. I agree.
0: So I'm excited for him. I, I will own Brandon cooks. I'm sure uh, just because the, the value is going to be there on him, but uh, Damian Pierce, the hype's getting there. Uh, he's probably going to become a uh, cost prohibitive uh, for me. So uh, that's going to wrap up our, our quick news segment. So we're going to get into the, se- my favorite part of the show, which is where we get to be tilted. That's cool. um, if, if you guys are new to the fantasy tilt show, basically this is anything where, you know, you start that, that player and you just need two points and they, fumble and, and you lose the two points and you, you know one of those scenarios just a bad beat if it's on gambling.com for example um <laughs> or not like,
1: fantasy football related it could or be yeah right or like like not football related. at the gas station or living in the northeast with the weather which will be probably 85 percent of my tilts this year
0: we will have plenty of those that is absolutely <laughs> absolutely true but yeah so just anything that we want to rant and rave about anything that's frustrating uh we, we get into those on this segment worst day of my life what do you think don't interrupt it grinds my gears when you do that you have to do better than this tell him tell what time it is you wait that's wrong the meatloaf we want it
1: now the meatloaf that's that's what our show is
0: nate it has been three years since we've had the meatloaf oh and i'm gonna let goodness. you go first
1: Oh, fantastic! Uh, so, anyways, you know it's ironic that we keep saying three years, three years, three years. And you asked me prior to us recording this when was the last time we recorded a, po- a podcast together. <clears throat> Are you ready for this? I'm. I'm ready. Lay it on me. August thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. Exactly three years from today. And I know we don't really like dating our episodes, but today tonight. We are recording this podcast podcast on August thirtieth, exactly three years ago. Now we were going to do this a few weeks ago, and you know some things came up, whatever, and we were going to do it last week, and that didn't work out. So here we are. It was meant to be. uh,
0: I did. I legitimately did not know that is that is incredible. It was meant to be. Feed
1: right. It's August thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. Was our very last episode we recorded, which is bringing me to my tilt, but it's kind of a half-hearted tilt here because okay. I don't want to get, I'm, I'm not too angry because I'm elated that we're even doing this. But let me just get into it. So exactly three years ago, it was the last time we recorded a Fancy Tilt episode together. For three years, I've felt like a lost soul wandering around this community without a purpose, without oh, no. a podcast, and without my best friend, Keaton Denley. I tried a solo podcast for a short time, and it just wasn't the same. And that's a different animal. I had to get away from that. Fast forward to April 28th, 2022. It was the first night of the 2022 NFL draft. I'm sitting on my couch alone, drinking bourbon and eating wings because my family's asleep. When I randomly text you, and I quote, I look this up, so when are we relaunching the fantasy tilt podcast (laughs) and there it is i've been anxiously awaiting this night for four months and i could not be happier that we are back and doing this so it it wasn't your typical angry tilt that you get from me which you know stay tuned everybody because they are coming um but this one i had to bring up and just and just kind of explain to everybody where we've been, where we're at, and and how this all came about, and why it's so important.
0: That's I, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, I, I totally feel the same way. And it was never that we we didn't want to do this anymore, Correct. right? It was just you know things in life were happening. The football season stuff started getting weird. Like mm-hmm. it, it ended up being a really odd couple of years that we did miss of the NFL season. We didn't have to, we didn't cover the COVID stuff or anything yeah. that that was going on but it just kind of seemed like the right time to step away, just kind of focus on some other stuff. But I am so happy that we're back into it uh, and you know, ready to it, this again.
1: It, it was just a blip. It was a blip. We blipped for three we years. Blipped. <laughs> <laughs> we blipped. Uh, for any Marvel fan out there, you know what we're talking about. Uh, we blipped, and here here we are. We're back, and, uh, like, nothing's ever changed.
0: Ready to go. Okay. To go. Um, my tilt's not going to be lighthearted. I'm furious. All right, let's go. I, Can I'm, I get I'm into happy this?
1: about that. I'm glad I went first then. Let's go
0: let me paint a picture for you. Okay? okay. You're, you're getting ready to leave the house. You're, you're packing a bag, you're getting the kids ready, whatever it is to go. You've got a, you know, an email on your phone. You got to print this document, send the job to the printer. Um, okay. Kids got their shoes on loading up in the car. You go back to get that document off the printer. And, and what do you see? What do you think happens next? Uh, it runs out of ink. No printer maintenance. The printer has decided that well, I'm, I got to get out the door right now. It, it needs to do maintenance right now. It takes me forty-five minutes to get this document, a one-page black and white document, to print, and it's going to do printer maintenance right now. I, this is one of those printers. I sent this document from my phone through the internet to the printer. Right? Like it, this is a yeah, this is a, oh, it's a nice printer too. I mean, it's connected to the internet. It's got the wireless. It's, it, so it's like a smart device. You were on all of the time connected to the internet. Do maintenance on your own time, man. Why are you holding me up when I got to go? I expect the technology to work. Could you imagine like going to your refrigerator to get like ice out of the little dispenser thing and having it go, okay, yeah, no problem. Let me get some water and freeze it for you. No, ice now. You are supposed to do this right now. My, my vacuum sends me a text message when it needs a new filter. Like, why does my printer not just do the maintenance when it's required? Imagine the the check the like change oil light in your car comes on. Could you imagine if your car just refused to work until you change the oil? Like, why do why do printers function like this? So I'm like so mad. I've like disconnected the printer. Like, it's just sitting in a box. I, I'm going to take a baseball bat to it, Office Space style. <laughs> office oh, Space, let's go. I'm so furious. And it's like my next printer, like, I spent a lot of money on this one because I thought it was going to be like a smart printer. It was going to be capable. But now I just want to go buy one of the $35 ones or whatever and just get budget stuff because I know it's not going to work anyway. And that way I can at least throw the next one away and buy a new one instead of having to deal with this technology that doesn't work the way it's supposed to.
1: It should have, it, it should have automatically... Like, scheduled a maintenance at 2 a.m. or something. Like, while you're, you know, I mean,
0: that would be a normal situation. It is on all the time. Why does it have to wait until? And it was only because, like, I had to print this document on my way out the door, right? Like, that it was going to be like, and then for 45 minutes, I'm sitting there waiting for this thing to do maintenance.
1: I mean, it's just that's, and thank God for Murphy's Law. Otherwise, we wouldn't have tilts. Okay.
0: (laughs) So yeah, come that to you. printer, you have one awful. job. I don't even use it as a fax machine, that's scanner, true. copier. I just want it to print and it, and it couldn't handle that. So that, that's my tilt. Um, that's if it, I'm sorry. if it happened to me while I was trying to print my draft cheat sheet on my way to a redraft, <laughs> league, I would have been absolutely furious. I, I wouldn't have even had a. I mean, I would have taken. Way way to tie it
1: back into fantasy. That was fantastic. I mean, they're not even. You don't
0: have to be fantasy related in tilts, but you just, you just brought it full circle. Right. I mean, that's like the worst case scenario. I mean, this was just a boarding pass. Like, I can miss the flight. No big deal. (laughs) Whatever. But like, I need my redraft cheat sheet. I need my notes. I need to know my sleepers. Like, absolutely. (laughs) Print that stuff. Give it to me now. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) all right. So that's going to be our tilt. We're going to, we got the, the Twitter's going to be fired up again. Um, so if you guys have tilts, that you want us to read on the show, send them to us, send us your, your bad beats, your, your tilts football related or not. We'd love to read those on the show. We did it before. We're going to bring those back again. Um, so we will, we will drop the Twitter handle, let you guys uh, get after us and, and let us know. And we'd love to, love to read the listener tilts. It's
1: at fantasy tilt pod
0: at fantasy yeah. tilt pod on Twitter. Yeah. Send them to us. Um happy to read those for you guys. Okay, so we're going to get into the bulk of the show now that we've gotten that off our chests. We're back after 3 years, the printers in the trash. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's get into it. We're going to back up a little bit because we want to start kind of the beginning of, of where we were at this offseason, right? The NFL draft yeah. happens. Um, obviously a big event that's when this sort of happened right you send me that that text late night yep. text like that hey i just
1: got the fever man i was sitting there watching it by myself and i was like I, I, man i need a buddy oh yeah my buddy keaton Denley. when are we gonna start talking football again
0: so when i got that text hey you up you know that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, late yeah. night text <laughs> um i was and well, it's not so late for me because i'm on the west coast yeah of course but i was watching the nfl draft thinking Man, I really like what the Falcons are doing here. Really excited about the Falcons. Not necessarily for this year, but I just started getting those vibes. It just feels a lot like A.J. Green, Andy Dalton from the Bengals. Were they a good football team after that? No. Did it lead to some pretty good fantasy production for a while? Andy Dalton had a top five season. A.J. Green was great for a long time. I feel like that's what we can see sooner rather than later um, from, from Drake London and Desmond Ritter um i i really think that that drake london's a stud i know the usc wide receivers have had that stigma in the past but i think we've moved past that um and i'm not going to recommend our redraft folks here to take drake london this year right because it's probably going to be marcus Mariota. but that was just my biggest takeaway from the from the draft of just hey you know the falcons might have something going here for fancy purposes going forward and i'm excited for desmond ritter to get his shot um so we'll, we'll see what happens there maybe drake london becomes that uh you know, waiver wire pickup, he's kind of nicked up right, right now. Maybe people draft him too early, drop him onto waivers when they need a bi-week fill-in, and you can scoop him up for that end-of-season run. But I'm excited for what the Falcons are doing. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the draft?
1: So it's funny that you chose a team, because I did as well. Uh, oh, right, Yeah, I think the Steelers, man. Um, you know, considering how many changes they've gone through over the last few years, I feel like they're going to be contenders sooner rather than later. You know, they picked up Kenny Pickett with the first quarterback drafted, the 20th overall pick. And it looks like he could take over as the starting uh, quarterback um, early on in the season, if not week one. Um, Since him and Trubisky, I've looked at their stats, their preseason stats, they're nearly identical. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be too difficult for the Steelers to go ahead and make the switch earlier than they anticipated, especially knowing the draft capital they've invested in him. Now, George Pickens, drafted in the second round, 52 overall. First of all, before I get into Pickens, the funniest thing for me was they had Chase Claypool announce the pick. So, I mean, another receiver on the team, an active receiver, the guy who was supposed to take over after Juju left. You know, um, didn't fill that role because I know we've got Deontay Johnson there. But mm-hmm. the fact that they had Chase Claypool get up and announce the pick of George Pickens to me was hilarious. Now, now it's 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 become quite the thing because he's showing some crazy strength at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if you've seen any clips of him pushing guys off uh, immediately. It's amazing. And he was doing that
0: in college, though, too. I mean, he's he's a tough guy.
1: The fact that it's already translated, and I know it's preseason, but it's already translated against some decent um, cornerbacks. Uh, it, it's it's pretty impressive to see. He's got great hands and awareness as to where he is on the field. He's made some nice, you know, uh, sideline catches and in, in the back of the end zone. I think he's going to have an immediate impact this season. And. I know typically, and I say typically, right? This is where we're going back three plus years now of you and I talking about rookie rookie wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that has changed over the last three years. I think more and more rookie wide receivers are having an immediate impact in not just in NFL, but for fantasy football purposes, Um, because they are the way college football has, has, has adapted to the ways of the nfl uh it's it's easily translatable for the wide receiver position and we're seeing it more and more like justin jefferson and you know other top guys which it's very impressive to see so i think it's not gonna surprise me if george pickens um is is an immediate um fantasy asset uh this season
0: yeah, that, that's a good point. It has sort of changed, or at least it, it feels like it has. Like, we have a Jamar Chase, you have Jalen Waddle making an impact, um, Justin Jefferson, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do worry that, you know, we're talking about one, two guys a year. George Pickens yeah. wasn't in the top one, two, three, four, five wide receivers taken in his draft. He was the 11th, I believe, yeah. Right. So to know that it's going to be that guy of those 11 is still a total crapshoot in my opinion. He, he looks like he's doing the right things in the preseason, but like we talked about, these are some of the starters yeah. on the field. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, a, a couple of them. So, a, as excited as we want to be, I, I kind of wanted to bring up the draft because it's exciting. We, you know, you and I both play Dynasty a little bit here yep. and there, yep. but we, we got to bring it back to redraft. Just keep an eye on these guys. I, I think that it, you get late in a draft and they're still there, great, scoop them up. They're going to fill a bench spot for a week. If they aren't starting, cut them, whatever. You know, you didn't lose much. But just be careful when these guys start sneaking up your draft boards. Let somebody else take that risk. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, especially if they start slow. Maybe you trade for them. You know, you can pick them up at a little bit of a discount that way. But, I completely
1: uh, agree. I think that's the that's the best way to handle, like, rookies uh, to begin with, um, you know, because he still does have competition. I think, you know, a lot of people are ruling Chase Claypool out. I, I'm, I'm not on that boat. I, I actually think that Chase Claypool uh, is still relevant there because it's him, Deontay Johnson, as the, the veterans um, in that passing attack. So, you know, uh, George Pickens, again, to your point, he's somebody you probably want to scoop up on waivers after somebody dropped him uh, the first couple of games mm-hmm. and see what, what can happen and develop later on. But, um, yeah, I'm with you.
0: And, and just one more bit of perspective here for, for our listeners let's say George Pickens as a rookie comes out and he's gangbusters. He becomes the number two wide receiver on the team. um, And he's, he's rolling, right? He's as good Mm -hmm. as we expect him to be. His quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky.
1: Uh, Right. Like exactly.
0: It's best case scenario here. It's not like it's Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. It's not Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even when they do turn over to, Kenny Pickett, it, it, it's you're talking about a rookie, right? Uh, so it, there's a lot of pump your brakes, and you can't, you know, forget Pat Fryermuth, who's the tight end for the the Steelers, who would be a safety blanket for someone like, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett. So, right. you know, there there are definitely a bunch of hurdles to get over for George Pickens to become a real thing, like especially immediately. Uh-huh. But he is one of those guys you definitely want to pay attention to.
0: I, I can get behind that. Yeah, definitely, definitely keep them on the radar. Okay, so uh, moving on past the NFL draft into the off season, uh, there's so many storylines floating around. Which one are you gravitating to? What What do you find that, that's interesting, or you think is the biggest one for fantasy?
1: <laughs> so, okay, um, a- avoiding the Deshaun Watson situation in in you know in Cleveland, and I-, I just want to say this about the organization. I, I think that. The ownership should not be allowed to have a microphone and, and do press conferences because that to me is the most cringeworthy thing to watch Um, anytime they've ever talked about any controversial topic regarding. This the is Brown. a Cowboys
0: fan, by the way, wanting the owner to put the microphone down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I I can already relate to what I'm saying. So Yeah, you know, but however, Jerry Jones, he. He's kind of like a gunslinger, uh, you know, guy shoot from the hip when he talks. So it's like understood. The ownership with the the Browns is just a complete different, like they're trying to put something together and they didn't really prep for it. And it's just it's hard to watch. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. But moving on from that, because to me, I don't think that's the biggest offseason story for me. I think it's the AFC West or. Yeah. Or the AFC best, as I call them, right? So, like, I mean, that division by far is the best division in football this year. This is just like you can't say that there's a better division than the AFC West. So this offseason, the Raiders have reunited Fresno State teammates, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and it's beautiful, almost as beautiful as our reunion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not quite. Not quite. Still, still beautiful. Now Carr, he's got a healthy Darren Waller, Hopefully, cross your fingers. Sure. Uh, Hunter Renfro, who he has an amazing connection with after last season, and I think he's the real deal. I don't think that was a one-off season for Hunter Hunter Renfro. Um, obviously, he's not going to produce as he did last year with Adams there, but it's just adding on to the talent pool that um, Carr has to, you know, he has at his at his disposal. And now he's got one of the best wide receivers in the game to target. So the Raiders, they're they're looking good. And of course, you know, I can go into defenses and all that stuff, but we're talking fantasy football. The Chargers, yeah. they're forced with Justin Herbert throwing at Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler in the backfield. They're already set. They're just a young team set to to take off. Um, the Broncos, Russell Wilson, welcome. Uh, let's ride. I've Gotta say that. Yeah. Uh so but he's there to elevate Corton Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. They have an amazing one two punch in that backfield with Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon. The Chiefs, they're without Tyreek Hill, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still a powerhouse offense with Patrick Mahomes. He's a he's just a playmaker, uh, one of the best in the league. Travis Kelsey, Michael Hardman, and new additions Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez valdez Scantling. Um but I will say this, all the hype I'm giving to the AFC West, I've got a slightly bold prediction already. And, and this is like, we don't typically do bold predictions. That's right. But looking at the lay of the land, I believe the Chiefs do not make the playoffs this year.
0: You know, I was actually thinking that. I was going to ask yeah. you. I feel like they're not all going to make the playoffs. I know the NFL's got the new rule structure and all that stuff, but they have to play each other too many times. One of these guys is going to fall out. That's and
1: what I'm I- saying. And if you, look at, if you look at what I just said about the other teams, it's almost like they're moving in the right direction. And at least for this season, it seems as though the Chiefs have kind of taken a slight step back. I mean, Tyreek Hill is not just your everyday wide receiver. He's a playmaker on the field. No matter how you give him the ball, he's going to turn it into something. And uh, they don't have that anymore. They have Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which, you know, on their own merit, they're fine, but they're not Tyreek Hill. So for me, if I'm looking at, you know, trending, I I think the other three teams uh, are trending up while, the Chiefs have have taken a bump a little bit this year, and that's why I believe they're not going to make the playoffs because only so many teams from that division can make the playoffs.
0: I'm, I'm glad that you said it first because I'm, I'm a Chargers fan, so I didn't want to be the one yeah. coming out like <laughs> I'm biased against the Chiefs or whatever, but I think that Tyreek Hill is one of those few special players in the league that dictates defenses, and it's sort of like – it's almost like a Cam Newton effect. Like when Cam Newton's your quarterback in his prime – you have a defender that has to account for him. Normally you don't have a defender accounting for the quarterback as a playmaker. When you put Tyreek Hill on the field, it's not one defender, it's two. You have to double team him. So the the defense is playing a man down. And I don't know that the chiefs are fully prepared for what defenses can now do to Travis Kelsey, to the run game um, without that field stretcher. So we're going to see, maybe they have a plan. Maybe it's Mikkel Hardman. Maybe they have a way to scheme around this. Um, obviously, brilliant off or brilliant head coach there, and Andy Reid. Like, can they make it work without Tyreek Hill? But I I think there's going to be some some struggles there. I I could see that coming.
1: And and just to add to it, I think Travis Kelsey has been so consistent and amazing for so long. You have to expect there's going to be that season that dip, and Mm -hmm. you know, obviously with Tyreek gone, he's going to get the majority of targets but that doesn't mean it's going to translate to the best tight end in the league. So I'm I'm just a little worried uh, all around for that offense this year.
0: Has, has Kelsey fallen off the top of the tight end heap for you?
1: Yeah, I would say Mark Andrews has surpassed him um, at least for this season, but he's still a top three guy.
0: Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, um, I want to kind of take that Tyree kill thought process and carry it into my biggest, biggest storyline. All right. And it, it's really what teams have done to support young quarterbacks. Um, specifically, I want to look at you know the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars. Now, whether or not they've been successful in attempting to do this, we'll, we'll find out soon. Uh, particularly looking at the Jaguars, I'm not sure if they think they brought in this elite playmakers to help their young quarterback, but they tried, right? So you look at the Jets. You know they've they in past years. You know Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. Denzel Mims, um, they bring in Brees Hall, uh, Garrett Wilson. They're trying. They're going to give yeah. Zach Wilson every opportunity. But I want to see, are they really? Or are they still going to sort of handicap him a little bit, hold him back? Or are they just going to, hey, we need to find out. When this guy's healthy, turn him loose. He's got the weapons. Let's see what this kid can do. Um, same thing in, in Miami. You see um, Tua, he, they, they tagged Gasicki. They have Jalen Waddle back from last year. Tyree Hill is probably the biggest player to change teams. Uh, in, in the off season, I mean, Russell Wilson's probably in that conversation too. But Tyreek Hill's a big name to change teams. He's a huge playmaker for that offense. Yeah. Um, then they, you know, remake the running back room. They got a new coach in Miami. Are, are they going to be the team to 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 make a step to challenge the Bills at the top of the division? Um, does Tua show us what he can do? He's he's fully healthy. He's out of excuses. I want to see what he does with the playmakers. Just get the ball in their hand. Let them let them do the things for you. And, and Cedric um,
1: Wilson, uh, to, to throw even more onto it, he he is a forgotten guy out of this whole situation because Tyreek Hill obviously uh, sure. takes over there. But, you know, when they added him, Tyreek wasn't on the team. And if you, you know, watch the Cowboys, which I do, Cedric Wilson looked like an unbelievable guy in, in the open field where, you know, he made guys miss and it, he turned into a, a true you know guy you want on your team as far as you know uh targets go and i was excited for him until he left the cowboys and went and signed with the dolphins i thought he was going to pl- have a much bigger role this year but i think quietly he's he's going to be somebody maybe not for fantasy like because there's only so many miles to feed especially with two thrown to them but I, I i just think that he's going to have a, a very decent role um with with the Dolphins
0: right and then uh, and I don't want to don't want to skip on the Jaguars conversation here but you know getting ETN back uh Christian Kirk Zay Jones Evan Ingram these moves have been kind of slighted by by the media by analysts by other owners in the league about paying Christian Kirk too much and resetting the market oh and all that goodness. stuff but for better or worse I mean they tried I mean is is this the year that we see Trevor Lawrence that supposed generational talent take that step forward I, I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm really pulling. I'm more excited um, for Zach Wilson. I just think his play style. I kind of sucker for that gunslinger run around and chuck it, you know, mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do believe that Trevor Lawrence and Tua, they can they can make the smart plays, get the ball in their playmakers' hands, and and so that's my biggest thing. I want to see these offenses take that step forward because um, we can't have the let the AFC West have all the fun. We need offenses well, somewhere else. Very
1: true. And Trevor, Trevor Lawrence has been a big topic in in the industry. You know, I just was at the fantasy football expo in Canton a few weeks ago. And people are very, very high on Trevor Lawrence. Um, For me, it's just, I'm, I'm, it's so hard for me to trust uh, the Jaguars offense, similar to the Houston Texans. Um, I know we have Blake Bortles, right? (laughs) The garbage man. And we could see something similar with Trevor Lawrence. Um, But it's just, man, I would not feel good about my team if he was my QB one heading into the season.
0: Fair, fair. It's a winnable division. They, they do have a chance, but we'll have yeah, to see what, what happens there. Um, hopefully those guys do enough to support these playmakers that we want to see get the ball and, and do well. Um, obviously, you know, Brees Hall, Jalen Waddell, Ty- Tyreek Kill. These are going to be some players that are going to be drafted pretty high. Christian Kirk, maybe even sneaks into that conversation of mid round wide receivers or, you know, starting in your lineup. So hopefully they can do enough uh, to make those guys valuable. Um, speaking of our drafts, Nate, we're gonna we're gonna close out the show here with our tips and tricks for anybody who's still completing their redraft leagues, home leagues, anything like that, drafting leading up to the season. What would be your biggest thing to remind people as far as strategy or tips when they go into their draft?
1: Honestly, it's it's just to have fun. Like, I mean, I know it sounds so corny, but I mean, why do we even play this game? Right? It's it's a fake football game that we all play and we're putting together our fantasy teams like it which literally why it's called fantasy football we are creating a team to the best of our ability that we would love to see all these players together on one team right so for me something i used to do many many years ago spend hours and hours endlessly of mock drafting when it took me many many years to realize majority of the time the mocks never pan out that way in your actual draft right i'm not saying they're a waste of time you get an idea of you know where some guys are going where they they can land however you got to remember when you're mock drafting everybody's trying different strategies right so everyone's kind of because it has no value to them they're they're going to go ahead and try zero rb if that's something they don't ever do they're going to go ahead and try to grab one of the early tight ends in the first round, like, and then, and then, you know, actuality hits you in in your actual real draft and people revert back to, you know, maybe the safer pick or, you know, they change it up. They do, they do not draft the way they draft in mock draft. So just be careful when you're mock drafting, don't expect that to go how it's, it's going to in in your actual draft. And also for me, Get your guys. Again, this kind of goes back to having fun. If there is someone that you've been wanting on your team, reach for him. Don't worry about what others think, right? Reach for your guy. Get him. You want him on your team, Mm -hmm. and that's because you believe in his talent. That's the reason why you want him on your team. Uh, Or it could just be because you're a fan of him, and you want to have fun watching his stats, and he's on your team. And if it produces for you, great. You're going to be super happy about it because you're a fan of him. So it's really lighthearted, at least for this, this round of, of tips and, and tricks for you. But I think, really, when it comes down to it, just have fun. Let the draft come to you. Don't don't overthink it too much going into it. And, and go ahead and get your guys and don't even care what anyone thinks. Because the truth is, uh, if you look at who ends up winning the championship at the end of the season... I'm sure many people laughed at them at the draft as well so that's that's my that's my uh tip
0: that's you. great yeah you definitely don't win your win your league at the draft um quick story on that one i, I drafted jonathan taylor last year with the third overall pick and about got laughed out of the room yeah sweet. um but hey i got my guy and now it just he's so the number one out.
1: overall <laughs> you know <laughs> that's so, right there you go.
0: It, it tends to work out but yeah my that's so true about the mock drafts. Cause if I had my mock draft teams, I'd be undefeated in fantasy football. Like every year win the championship, <laughs> no problem, my mock draft teams are so good. Right. And I always get a little disappointed with my real drafts. Um, I do have a real tip, um, for fantasy. And I think a lot of people are starting to kind of figure this out, but I I'll, I'll share it here anyway. If you're going in with a, I'm going to call it not standard. Cause there's been you know, PPRs. Non PPR. Just, just a default league, right? Just no. your regular league quarterback, yeah. Uh two or three wide receivers, two running backs, tight end flex, kicker defense, that sort of thing, right? Half PPR, whatever it is, doesn't, the scoring doesn't really matter that much. Draft one quarterback, draft one tight end. That is it. Do yeah. not draft more than one of each of those positions. And and the reason is this. And I've and I've fallen into this trap and I've I've learned the lesson the hard way a couple times, where you draft Travis Kelsey in the second round. Oh, great. I got, my, I got my running back in the first. I got Travis Kelsey. I've got the best running back. I've got that should be the best tight end. This is great. And then you're sitting there in round four, round five, and Mark Andrews has fallen. Oh, man, I can't. I got to take this value. I got to get Mark Andrews. Right. That, that's not a good sign, right? That just means that you drafted Travis Kelsey too early. You could have just taken Mark Andrews in the fifth. So you've already made one mistake in your draft by right. taking a tight end too early. Don't make a second mistake by taking another tight end you don't need because you think you're going to be able to hold it over your league mates and trade the player later, or you have all these, you're going to start both of them, but then you're going to have that guy on your team that the running back comes out of nowhere, wide receiver that comes out of nowhere that you want to put in that flex spot, but you can't because you've dedicated it to the second tight end you overpaid for. Just don't make that mistake. Just get one quarterback, one tight end, figure out the bye weeks later. Don't worry about that stuff. Just get depth at wide receiver and running back. There's a reason in those
1: leagues, there's a reason that, you know, um, you only have to play one quarterback, you only have to play one tight end with the other positions running backs wide receivers is two or three at a time plus the the flex spot, which doesn't always take care of a tight end position. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. I double down on on what you're saying, because, you know, you want to save those reserve spots or those bench spots for those multiple
0: uh, positions you need to fill because you need the depth there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You do. And, 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 and don't fall into the trap too. Cause I've seen people do this before where it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to get all the quarterbacks or I'm going to get all the tight ends and then nobody else will have one. Well, so you're making your team way, way worse to only marginally affect maybe one or two other teams in the league, right? You don't get to play that other team every week. you got to play the teams that just drafted their team, go into your draft, make your team the best it can get depth at the, at the key positions, one quarterback, one tight end. That's all you need. All right. Well that that brings us to the end of the show, Nate. Wow. we've, we've, we've survived after three years of the stamina is a little bit lacking on my end, I gotta be honest.
1: No, it's okay, man. I mean, you know, for me it's it's uh it's it's very late on the East Coast and I'm 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 a dad and uh I know you are as well too. So yep. uh yeah, but the truth is I will look forward to you and I talking fantasy football. I don't care what time it is. I will set my alarm, wake up at 2 a.m. and 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 just do a podcast just like this every time. Um I'm excited that we're back. I hope everyone else is excited that we're back. I'm gonna start really pushing this and uh you know, I just hey, let's go. 2022 NFL football. I'm ready. I am I hope everyone else is ready and I'm I'm really happy that Keaton and Nate are back together, man. This is fantastic.
0: Hit that subscribe button, guys. We'll be out there. We'll, we'll be doing this. The goal is to do this weekly, um, and, and we will we will get back on the grind uh, for fantasy football and, and send those tilts at Fantasy Tilt Pod. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Tilt Pod. Help support the show by subscribing. And please leave us a review on iTunes.